This episode of Sports Spectrum's Inside the Chapel podcast is presented by Compassion International. They are the most trusted child development ministry in the world, having served over 1.9 million children in sponsorships. You can check them out at Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. You can sponsor a child today, and this is bringing hope to a child in crisis, in poverty, and it's a gift that will last a lifetime. There are children on this page when you go, compassion.com slash sports spectrum, who've been waiting for a sponsorship from places like Peru, Bangladesh, Indonesia. They've been waiting for more than two years. It's $38 a month, tax deductible. Consider this. Consider sponsoring a child. Pray for this opportunity with you and your family, and you can make that difference in a child's life. Check out Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum and sponsor a child today. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Inside the Chapel. My name is Reza Zadeh, chaplain with the Denver Broncos. I'm here with my co-host. Uh, I'm Nikki Soma, chaplain for the Houston Rockets. And today we've actually got a pretty special guest uh, who's going to be sharing with us the chapel message. It's Malcolm Marshall. Um, he is the he is the chaplain for the Houston Rockets, and Icky actually works with him as chaplain for the Rockets. He is a campus pastor at Houston's First Baptist of Siena. And uh, Icky, tell us just something you appreciate about Malcolm as you work with him and watch him minister. Yeah, Malcolm for sure exemplifies Mark 10.45, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. Malcolm is a servant leader, and so the words that we're about to hear uh, don't come from somebody who's just faking the funk. He's really, he he practices, he lives it because of his relationship with Jesus Christ. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to our for our listeners to just get a peek into Malcolm and his teachings and what he teaches when he does when he does chapel for NBA players. So let's take a listen. And then afterwards, Vicky, you and I will come back and we'll have a little discussion about Malcolm's message. Decisions. You make so many decisions every single day. And a lot of times the decisions we make don't even need serious thought, like filling up your almost empty gas tank. You don't need to pray about which gas station to go to. You just need to find a gas station that has some really good gas. Some decisions, however, are matters of right or wrong. And those are the spaces in which you can rely on the wisdom of the scriptures. But what do you do when you are considering between a good option and maybe a better option. I want to take a few moments today to talk about what to do when you don't know what to do. I'm going to look at just one verse of scripture today. However, I want to read three different translations of this same verse because I believe there's some truth we can extract from the different translations. The verse that we're going to look at is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. And we're going to look at the Holman Christian Standard Version. We're going to look at the New Living Translation. And we're also going to look at the New American Standard. So let me start with the Holman. The Holman Translation of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23 says, 
Everything is permissible, but not everything is helpful. Everything is permissible, but not everything builds up. The New Living Translation of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23 says, You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. And then lastly, the New American Standard Version of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23 says, All things are lawful. But not all things are profitable. All things are lawful, but not all things edify. All right. Let me give you a little bit of background on First Corinthians so we can understand where we are at this particular point in the book. So Corinth was a city and it was a successful city due to being an ideal hub for commerce between Italy and Asia. The church at Corinth was an ethnically diverse church consisting of people who were very gifted. But these same people were also very spiritually immature. And like many people nowadays, they were prone to celebrate their gifts and their talents over their character. So what you see in this book is the disappointment of the Apostle Paul as a hurt father who is aiming to set things straight with a child who's gone wayward. This verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, is one that directly speaks to the issue of spiritual maturity. Now, I want to read these three verses again, and then we are going to extract some truth. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23 The Holman Christian Standard Version says everything is permissible, but not everything is helpful. Everything is permissible, but not everything builds up. The New Living Translation of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23 says, You say I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. And then the New American Standard Version says all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful, but not all things edify. Regardless of which translation resonates with you more, there is a very significant nugget of truth in these verses. And it's this. Everyone has a certain amount of freedom. But. Too much freedom can actually lead to trouble. I'll give you an example. Uh, Let's say that you have three choices of lunch options versus 30 choices. That's not freedom. That's choice anxiety, and that's bondage. Having to choose between a whole bunch of different options versus just a few brings about stress. It creates this space of what decision do I need to make. I want to try to explain it to you another way. Just because you have the right to do something does not mean it's right to do. And when it comes to making decisions, some things are not necessarily wrong. They're just not the best thing for you. I'll give you an example of what I mean. When I was in the eighth grade, 
The football team that I was affiliated with, my school team, we had a game. And our coaches told us to get to the school a couple of hours early so that we could get dressed and take the bus over to the opposing school's um, uh, field. Well, I don't know where I got this bright idea from, but me and two other friends thought it would be worthwhile to go around the school find the lockers that the kids didn't they didn't lock their lockers take the books out of the lockers and mix them up all over the building so we take books and belongings out of one locker put it in another locker take those belongings put them in another locker i mean it was all mixed up all mixed up that was not a wise decision at all because i ended up getting in-house suspension for three days Though I had the right to do it, it was not right to do. And there was a significant cost I had to pay to make those wrongs right. Most choices you make in life are not really between good and evil. Like, you don't get up in the morning and ask, Lord, should I go read my Bible or should I just go punch somebody in the mouth? I want to give you a very simple diagnostic question you can use if you ever find yourself in a situation where you have to decide between several good options. Here's the question. Write this down, put it in your phone, but here's a great question to refer to. Which decision will make me more like Christ? Which decision will make me more like Christ? If you are not in the business of asking yourself introspective questions like this one, you will continually struggle when it comes to decision making. Let me give you an example of what I mean. Which do you know more about? Do you know more about entertainers or individuals from the Bible? Do you know more about your family members or people you hear about in the media? Do you know more about professional athletes or people who can help you get to where you want to be in life? There is no right or wrong answer to any of these questions. But there is a better question. Which will make you more like Christ? When it comes to decision-making, Consider your options in light of your eternal, ultimate destiny, not your immediate comfort. I pray the Lord will use this to encourage your heart today. Let's pray. Father, we are a needy people, and our need for you is greater than we admit and acknowledge For many of us, our need is greater than we know. And today as we're talking about how to make good decisions and what to do when we don't know what to do, God, I pray that verses like 1 Corinthians 10.23 would come back to mind. Lord, you would bring your word up out of the wellspring of our hearts, and we would be reminded that we can take advantage of the things you've given us. There are certain liberties you've afforded us. But just because you've given us the freedom to do it doesn't mean that it actually brings freedom. 
Father, I ask that those who are listening today would ask themselves that question if they're faced with decisions, great or small, that they would ask themselves, which decision will make me more like Christ? Ultimately, we want to be better examples of Christ here in the earth. And so our words, our actions, our thoughts, all of those things, God, the beating of our heart, the thoughts in our mind, we want to submit those things to you and ask that you would you would conform them more into the image and likeness of Jesus. From our head to our feet, our desire is to be more like your son. And so today, uh, would you give us what we need to make a decision that will bring you honor, joy and glory? And we will be thankful individuals as we walk out what it means to not be in bondage to ourselves, but to walk in the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. You are a beautiful king. And we are thankful that we get to call you ours. And we ask this in the name above all names, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, Icky, I absolutely, first of all, I love Malcolm's voice. I love the way he teaches. And uh, you can tell that this is a man who has spent time with Jesus. He's a man who spent time in the scriptures. And I just love the, the way, the clarity that he communicates with. Uh, so decisions. So Icky, here he is. He's talking about decisions, right versus wrong, good versus better. Um, initially, Icky, as you heard Malcolm's message about decisions, what just, you know, what did you think initially? Where, where did your mind and your heart go as you were listening to him teach? Uh, as a pastor, the, the questions you and I get asked all the time by people is, hey, I've got these decisions to make, whether it's a career decision, a relationship decision, a parenting decision. And obviously, uh, NBA players face decisions that you and I probably don't face, whether it's regarding, you know, multi-million dollar contracts or big endorsement deals and things like that. So I realize that whether you're an NBA athlete making millions and millions of dollars or you're a, a teacher or a lawyer or you're you know an athlete yourself high school athlete we all face decisions so I thought this message was totally uh valid and appropriate for everybody any age any stage of life for sure yeah absolutely yeah this idea of decisions is definitely something that no it, it permeates through every stage of our lives everything from 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 young people to youth to students to parents to businessmen and women to moms I mean athletes, coaches, this whole idea of how do I make the best decision possible is, is huge. And I, I love the way he set this up, what to do when you don't know what to do. And I've found myself in these kinds of situations. I'm sure you have too, Icky. I mean, not just in your, in your life for sure, but even pastoring your church. Uh, you know, there's a lot of decisions that you have had to make over the last year and a half. Uh, that have that have not been popular. How do you, Icky, make that? How do you how do you make a decision, or how do you consider a decision uh, when you know, hey, this may not be a popular decision as a pastor? Because there's anything that I know that pastors and ministry leaders and teachers and leaders have have been confronted with is whatever decision that's made regarding COVID, or no matter decision that's made regarding issues in our society, there's always going to be a descending side. Um, how do you process that, bro? Yeah, for sure. You know, my my mentor, my pastor, my spiritual father, Dr. Evans, said this to me uh, before I left Dallas to come uh, to full ministry full time. He said, basically, if you want to be successful in ministry, be faithful in this. He says, be faithful to pre preach the word and be faithful to practice the word. So by God's grace, 
And by the leading of the Spirit, uh, as a pastor, I try to really stick close to the Word in both what I preach, but also what we practice. And so the decisions we make hopefully are biblical decisions. Uh, but one thing I love about this message again, Reza, is what do you do when uh, the decisions that are in front of you aren't clearly spelled out in the Bible? Like you and I know, you shall not steal. Should I steal or not? No, we shouldn't steal. Yeah. You know, should we be faithful to our spouse? Of course, those those are clear in the Bible. But what do you do when, uh, you know, a member comes to you and says, hey, we want to have a Christian concert at the church. You know, is that something that we can do? And as a pastor, we need to exercise wisdom. And again, we all face those decisions, small and large, where it's not clearly spelled out in the Bible. And yet we have to now exercise wisdom with our liberty. And I like uh, his bottom line as which decision will make me more like Christ. And so that's another question I answer and ask is, um, as a church, which will help, which of these decisions, these choices will help us as a church become more Christ-like and which will help me as a pastor and as a follower of Jesus become more Christ-like as well. Yeah, that's great. You know, he, he tied this idea of making decisions and godly decision-making and he tied it to this, this idea of maturity, spiritual maturity. You know, when, when you think of maturity, Icky, um, what is your definition? What's your definition of spiritual maturity? Uh, so just like physical maturity, there is spiritual maturity. And in First John, I think chapter two, he talks about young children in Christ, young men in Christ and mature in Christ. And so the moment we put our faith in Jesus, John 3, 3, we're born again, we're babies in Christ. And that can happen whether you're 13 years old or 73 years old, you can become a baby in Christ. And maturity is growing in your relationship or growing in your identity in Jesus Christ. Uh, your consistency in your walk with him and becoming, as Paul says in Romans 8, conformed to the image of Christ uh, day after day after day as you walk with him. So that's my definition of maturity, that just like we mature physically, you go from being a baby to a child to adolescent to a teen to a young man to a, a mature person. I think the same is true spiritually as well. How about you? What do you think uh, of when you think spiritual maturity? Yeah, it was interesting because I've got a, you know, I've got a few other thoughts. You know, they're always rolling around in my mind about how do you know when somebody's mature, you know, in ministry, we're always trying to figure out how do you, you know, when do you elevate somebody or elevate might be a wrong word. When, when do you, when do you release somebody to be a leader um, in, you know, to be a discipler, to go on out and to make disciples of others, you know, how do you, how do you know when someone's ready for it? And even as I was listening to Malcolm's talk, this idea came up that I think spiritual maturity is tied to being able to say no to good things uh, yeah. to just so that you'd be able to say yes to godly things. Uh, because it's easy, I, I guess, uh, like you said earlier, it's easy for us to know, okay, I shouldn't do certain, there's some certain things that just, I just know I shouldn't do. There's decisions that, hey, that's just not a good decision. I may crave that decision or want that decision, but I just know that that's not, that's not the right decision for me. But I think the harder choice is how do I discern between good things and godly things? And I think spiritual maturity is having the ability and the discernment to say no to good things so that you might be able to say yes to godly things. So that's what I that's what I see. And I think I think this point that is made uh, that Malcolm makes just because you have a right to do something it may not be right to do. Whew. Like that like I just kind of said man that that right there that that's tweetable, you know. That's a good that that was a great that was a great great quote. Icky, talk to us a little bit about, you alluded to it a little bit of, you know, the the kind of one of the application points, kind of his main point that he was talking about, kind of a main takeaway was, which decision will make me more like Christ? How did, how, how did you receive that? 
Yeah, I think, again, going back to the maturity question is, if I'm supposed to mature and grow in Jesus Christ, the decision that's before me right now, like, is this going to help me mature and become more like Christ and draw closer to him? Um, that, that's how I really take it, is, is, is a maturity question. But also, um, you know, if Christ is our king and he's our ruler and he's our Lord, like, how is this going to help his kingdom to grow, the, the, the rule of Christ? How is that going to help the, uh, the rule of Christ to grow by this decision? So, again, whether it's something that is uh, particular to my ministry here at the church or something in my family, how is Christ's kingdom going to be impacted? So I, that's how I take it, both my own personal maturity and growth, but also the growth and expansion of Christ's kingdom. How about you? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's, it's funny because when I was when I was thinking about this, I was even thinking about it from like a context of when I get into a disagreement with my wife or, or, you know, coworkers and this idea, like what's more important me being right or me being, um, you know, justified for my choices or my words, or is it me really living out the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount? And I think, you know, I think if I look at things that way, I can see, Oh, there've been some times where I've, kind of poked, poked in an argument or poked in a disagreement or made some decisions that were all about me. It's like, it's like, okay, I'm going to say this, or I'm going to do certain things because I want my comfort to be, to be held onto. I want to hold on to my pride or my ego, but I'm seeing, you know, even as, as Malcolm was talking, how even in disagreements, even in arguments, even in, in times where there might be a decision that a couple needs to make or two people or coworkers need to make, what would be it, it? It's not what would make the argument go away, but what would actually be better um, for the kingdom rather than for me? Like, here's a simple example. Like, if I, if if if, I, if somebody wants to buy something, let, let's say there's a husband and wife, um, and one person really wants to buy something or go on a certain vacation or or whatever it is, or and there's like some debt that needs to be taken care of. There might be this thing of like, no, well, I'm I'm buying that. I'm going to buy that new car, or I'm going to you know, buy that, you know, machine or whatever it is, or we're going to go on that vacation. But actually what scripture teaches us is to not be in debt. And so it's better for us to make a decision to say no to the things that we want so that we can take care of some of the responsibilities that we have. And I think, again, neither, it's, that's not good versus, that's not a good versus evil conversation. It's a, it's a what's good versus what's better conversation. So that's, that was a big takeaway for me, Icky as I, as I thought about this. And, and, and I think his last point when making decisions, consider your options in light of the, your eternal destiny, not your temporary comfort. I, I wonder Icky, what would happen if that's the way that we viewed our choices. If we made decisions, considering the options of our eternal perspective rather than our temporary perspective, any final thoughts, Icky, as we, as we kind of wrap up Malcolm's teaching here. Yeah, totally. You know, uh, I think Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that God has placed eternity in our hearts. And so that's why Paul says in, I think, Romans 8, uh, 8.28, and we know that God causes all things to work, for, work together for the good, for those who love God and call according to his purpose. Yeah, we know that whatever happens on earth is just uh, temporary, and it's just a comma that we uh, invest in eternity. So yeah, I think the choices that we make definitely have an eternal impact. And those are some things we need to think about. Is this just my temporary comfort here on earth? Or is there something that's lasting and 
uh, enduring that's eternal in what we do. I think the other thing to note too, he closed with this is kind of who do you know? So if everything we do is going to make us more like Christ, draw, draw us nearer to Christ, I think that close, he's, close where he said, hey, for many of us, we know more about the famous athletes or actors and actresses, movie stars than we do about Jesus. You know, we know more about others than we really know about our families. And so I think my closing thought would be um, in order to make those really wise decisions and to even lay down our rights and liberties, we have to draw near to Jesus Christ so that when we are faced with choices that are good and better, not necessarily good and evil, but good and better, uh, we're so intimately close to Jesus that we're saying, hey, we're willing to lay down our rights and our liberties and to not take that vacation and to say, you know, even though in our minds we may think we're still right, to say, you know what, I'm not going to argue this anymore for the sake of this relationship. So, yeah, I think it's really drawing near to Christ and knowing him that that's where it's found. How about you, Resident? Yeah. Can you close with? No, I mean, I think that's it. I think even as you were wrapping this up. And here's what I love. I, I first of all, I want you to know, man, I love hosting this thing with you. Um, I feel like I grow, you know, every time we're on here recording this podcast and listening to all these chaplains. But um, I, you know, we started this com- this this podcast. Uh, Malcolm's talking about decisions, right and wrong, and who we are talking about just life issues, relationship issues, how to process disagreements, and I think that's the power. That's the power of the gospel, and that's the power of the way that God works in our lives. Here's this one passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, that Paul talks about a very specific, there's a very specific context um, in actually what you can eat, what you can eat, but look at all the applications that we grab from it. So Nikki, first of all, I love doing this with you. And uh, second of all, I just love the way that God works in our lives. And I hope that our listeners, um, those that are part of our Inside the Chapel community are blessed by, by by these messages. There are some incredible chaplains that are communicating the gospel. And I think the other thing that's that's interesting is all these podcasts that we have recorded, all these chapel teachings, I think, I, I hope people are seeing, we don't talk about sports in the midst of our chapel services. There was this misconception that people thought, are you in your chapel services talking to the team about how to win or, and no, like that's not, my, that's not our job. Our job is to point people to Jesus. And so I hope that's something our listeners have, have grasped. If you are enjoying this podcast, we do ask that you would subscribe, that you'd follow us, and would you share it and rate this podcast? Because that'll help us reach more people for the gospel. So, Icky, thanks so much. Uh, and uh, We will be on together here in a couple of weeks for Inside the Chapel. Thank you.